Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have an outstanding episode for you today with a brilliant, brilliant guest, outdoor explorer from Mexico, Angie Lira, joins the show. One of my goals is to always take bits and pieces from every conversation we have on the show and to take aspects of each guest and, and use them as my own inspiration, my own motivation. With the caliber of individuals that we have, it's been incredibly easy. And over the last year, it's been tremendously enjoyable to see how guests have taken the adversities the struggles, the burdens of the last year, and have turned them into positives. We've seen many guests use extra free time to come up with a new hobby, a new skill, learn a new activity, go back to school, or just better themselves in some way. And today's guest has the prototypical mindset when it comes to not only choosing to be happy, but also taking a negative and deciding that they're going to flip it into a positive instead. Angie Lara has always loved going out on hikes and exploring. And recently she created a thousand hike challenge for herself in order to get out and explore, especially during the limitations that were imposed by the pandemic. Her goal was simple, hike 1,000 new trails. And thus far, she's currently reached 213. But along the way, she's found many new friends, has witnessed locations that are unparalleled, and more importantly, has found a better understanding of herself. It was such a tremendous and ambitious goal of hers, but I think the key was simple, is that she was doing it for herself. She wasn't chasing Instagram likes, or retweets, or anything like that. She just wanted to get out and explore and give herself a new challenge. And she set it high enough, lofty enough, that this challenge would be a lifestyle change. And it has been. And because of that, I think her journey is already successful. And I am super stoked to see where else she continues on her journey. On today's episode, Angie chats about when she first fell in love with the outdoors and how being out in nature has augmented her life. Angie also discusses the goal behind the Thousand Hike Challenge and how it came to fruition. And lastly, Angie discusses some of her most memorable days and experiences and interactions that she's had through her first 200 hikes. She was an absolute joy to chat with. One thing that was incredibly charming and fantastic was we were trying to find a time that would work for our conversation. And she did the call from the Petrified Forest in Arizona. She was on one of her hikes and she had pulled over to the side of the road. So while she was in the middle of the national park, she conducted an interview and it was it was great to see the landscape behind her and also just deeply appreciate her giving us the time to stop in the middle of her vacation. But I think that was also fitting. And I, I don't think I would ever want to talk to her anywhere but a hiking destination. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on outdoor enthusiast and creator of the 1000 Hike Challenge, Angie Lira. And let's learn. You're currently in a national park. What national park are you in? Uh, I'm in uh, Petrify National Park in Arizona. I just love that you are currently in a national park. I know that's part of what your challenge is, but take me back to when you first fell in love with the outdoors. What was it that first inspired you? What first influenced you? Well, I was, I was born in a small town, a really, really small town. And since I remember since I was a child, I remember being so little. I grew up with my mom, my grandpa and grandma. My mom and dad um, couldn't raise me. So I, my grandpa and my, my grandma, um, my grandma raised me and I remember being like 10 years old and feeling the need to go out and explore. And I remember grabbing my little bucket because I was so little. <laughs> I was so little, my little bucket and going and pick up mushrooms on the mountains when I was like less than 10 years old. So it was always for me, 
like the outdoors. I was just amazed how I feel with nature, with the sand in my feet, with the colors, with the fruit. I remember I will go, um, my family have a lot of trees where I would just go and pick up fruit and stuff. And I was so excited, so happy. I would, I would feel like free and like nothing. I will forget about everything. And I think until now, I think that is the reason I love the outdoors. It's nothing like mother nature. I forget about all my problems. I have thousands of problems. I forget about all my problems, all my my worries about everything, just everything in general. What was the small town that you grew up in? I grew up in a really small town. It's called San Antonio Totonilco. And it's, it's like two hours and a half or three hours away from um, Mexico City. Actually, I'm going back next week. I think I think this week, I haven't bought the ticket yet, <laughs> but um, I'm planning to do Pico de Rizaba. I'm planning to do it, and I'm planning to um, to to go back home. So what is the goal behind the 1,000 Hike Challenge, and what inspired its creation? Well, I think um, I remember when I started, because I always hike. I always hike, especially um, uh, I remember when I had my kids, I have two kids, uh, I always wanted to find something that will me some peace, will give me something. Nothing really give me anything. So I start hiking again. And um, this is like 12 years ago. And um, I remember finding like a small challenges, like 100 hikes. And I will finish that really fast. And I was like, I want something that will keep me busy for a while. And it will be like a challenge, challenge, right? So when I turned 40, so I'm 42, I was like, I'm going to hike thousand because I couldn't find anything. I tried, I Google, I said, okay, I want to find thousand hike challenge. You know, hopefully I will find something like a group or something or just to feel inspired or something. I just couldn't find anything. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create my own group because, you know, my own challenge because I'm, always hiking either with my dog or sometimes with one friend or by myself. So it's like, um, so that's how I came out. When I turned 40, I decided that I wanted to do something more than just, just like 100 or 50 hikes. I wanted to do something big, big that I will keep me busy for a while. It, and also it will be more like a lifestyle instead of like a little challenge. That so will be busy for a while. Is this is my third year and I have only 213 or 14 different trails, which is getting harder because I had to travel far sometimes to find a different trail. I had to, I had to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. Definitely. Key thing that you said was that make it a lifestyle. And I love that. Do you have certain rules behind it? For instance, a hike's got to be X amount of hours or X amount of distance. What are, what are your ground rules for your challenge? For my challenge, it's just to be a different trail. And actually what I learned, because before I used to just hike longer trails, that you'd never underestimate a little trail. I have been in the small trails that is just one mile, half a mile. But it, the trail is so gorgeous, like so, so gorgeous. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you hike um, one mile, if I hike one mile, or if I have 
if if I have um, 20 miles, I have 25 the most in one day. So it doesn't matter the length of the trail. I think just the only rule that I have is it has to be a different trail. And um, it is tough because sometimes I hike the same trail. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I cannot count it because it's the same trail. So in um, all trails, the app helps me. Also, I write down, I keep a journal where which ones I have hiked. And also all trails, I record all my hikes. So when I do a new trail, I know which one I did already because it's a record and it's already um, it's marked as I, I did it. So it's just like, and also my journal, just I know which ones I did and I remember which ones I did. So it's, it's hard to to like miscount. I always have the counts of, yeah. of this. Well, I, I love your system. I love the system that you have, very meticulous. In your travels and hikes thus far, which are the locations that have left the strongest to mark on you emotionally? I think it was, um, I think Mountain Whitney. I did a lot of mountains. Um, San Gorgonio, San Jacinto, uh, Mountain Iron. I did it twice this year. I did so many, um, but I think Whitney, and I'm a little bit worried too about Pico de Rizal because it's higher than Whitney. I think Whitney, because I did it in one day and I have my two children and they were little, it's, it was more like I had to care them and to care myself. And it was really, I think, the last mile because it gets really, really, really high. I was like a struggle and I was like, um, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. But, um, but I did it. I summit with my, my son. My son was 10 years old back then. So You had some other summits and peaks that were snow-covered as well. Which, which were those? I did um, Mountain Iron with snow. It's, it's really, um, it's a good, good uh, mountain. Mountain Iron, is, it has good uh, elevation gain. I think it's 6,500 and something. <laughs> so it is, it is good. And it's such a short amount of, of, of distance that you, you feel it. You feel it. Mountain yeah. Whitney is more the length. So you gain, uh, um, you gain um, altitude or all this elevation, but it's in, it's long. It's twenty. I, I remember doing twenty plus miles on that. So it's not. It's, you don't feel it as much because it's more like you're in the trail for hours and hours. But our mountain iron is like ten hours or eight hours, depending on the time. How long do you take for break or whatever? Or how fast? I'm not that fast. I'm more like medium hiker i don't really run <laughs> some people run and do all these things now i hike but yes and um mountain baldy too it has a lot of snow and it's a little bit challenging with the snow especially from the back devil's backbone it's a little bit crazy a little bit crazy but it's good i, I that was my first summit right. my first mountain that i did maybe 10 years ago and i i go every every i go back and, few times. I don't know. I just love it. Over the course of your travels and your hikes, how have you changed as a hiker, as an outdoors woman? What are the things that you do differently now, maybe just that you've learned or the different mindset? I think uh, I have more patience, I will say. And I also think a lot about the nature and how much you need to take care where you go. Like leaving no trace, I try to pick up trash and worry about all those things. Um, something that I, I worry about before, 
that I didn't really pay too much attention like now. Like now I feel like I had to live not even a little tiny thing in when I go and eat somewhere or when I, because I, I have seen and I have sometimes pick up trash in places that are so beautiful. One of the places that I love really close from where I live is called Mecca. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place by Joshua Tree. It's beautiful, but it's a lot of people just go and leave their trash. And sometimes it's like so sad. I, I sometimes I have to like help to pick up a little bit because it's just too much that people just don't realize that this is the place where your kids or the next generation is coming and visit and we need to take care of it. And not only for that, for the animals, the animals, if they eat something, they will die. You mentioned leaving no trace and picking up trash. What are some other ways that an individual who may be just starting out hiking, what are some other ways that that individual can, can leave a positive difference or create a positive difference? I think uh, people will see you and that happened to me and personal will see where you accomplish what you do and people get inspired and actually they they try to get into the outdoors i have hiked with a lot of people who never hiked before and i think they fall in love too about about the outdoors and learn they it is gorgeous to go out and hike and um they try to go with you and and hike and do things with with it's, it's cute my my best friend is is russian she's russian and i remember um we know each other for seven years or something like that and she used to call me crazy one time when i told her that i i went and tried to summit uh whitney and my my son got uh altitude sickness so he had to go down and she was like you're crazy but then now she's into the outdoors. <laughs> she has summit. She did. She went and did um, Mount Everest to the base camp, and uh, she did Whitney with uh, with me. She couldn't summit because she got sick. But um, I, I think just just to see the the people get inspired is it, good. It's good because sometimes people don't know how to manage. We all deal with oppression. I deal with oppression. I come from um, a domestic violence house. I have so many issues in my life. And sometimes when you have, and I'm not the only one, I think all of us in general as humans have problems that we're dealing with. And sometimes we don't know how to address all these things. Sometimes going to the psychologist is, is, is good. It helps. But sometimes we need more. And for me... I, Besides going to the doctors and psychology, whatever, I think the elders have helped me to, to, um, to deal with these problems, with this, whatever I have going on. Yeah. So I think that is another way that I feel like, okay, I accomplished something because somebody got inspired because what I did. Somebody's doing what I did because they see, oh, wow, this is a gorgeous place. But also with with that message, okay, like, this is gorgeous, but take care of it. Don't just go and trash the place. Yeah. Well, you've hiked across deserts, mountains, snow-covered peaks, a little bit of everything. During all those treks, what were the most memorable experiences you've had with animals? Oh, wow. Um, I did one trail that I really, really love. It's, um, <clears throat> it's called the Confluence. Um, it's in Arizona here. Perfect. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm here. So it... I had to get up like 
three in the morning. I had to, because sometimes I get out like two in the morning to these crazy hours. So I had to get up at two, three in the morning. I went down because I'm really scared of heights, really, really scared of heights. But then I had to go down to this, um, a waterfall that's called, called, um, Mooney, Mooney, Mooney Falls, I think. It's in, um, Havasupai. So I had to go down there and I was so scared because it was so dark and it was like, but anyway, I, ha I did it. So we, we had to cross water and a lot of things. And, um, I never seen a horseship so close. And I, I remember it was so close, um, few feet from me and I saw them and I was like, it was like magic. It was just so magical. It was like, I love animals. And for me, just to see them so close. And they look at us because I was with another friend. So it was two of us. And um, it was just something out of this world. Just when I see them, I was like, wow, this is so gorgeous. And they were walking, like in a line. And sometimes I just scream because I'm so happy. But then I don't, I try to control myself because one time I screamed of happiness and it was a white owl. And wow. the white owl just, I scared him and he flew away. I was like, oh no. So I tried to call, calm down and hold myself because this is like so amazing. Like, it's just like the colors, the way they look. And I don't know, just owls too. I remember in, in Mecca, I saw two white owls because I, I, I was so in into the trails, like miles, miles. And I was like, wow magnificent and brings me so much happiness what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year i know that hiking and being outdoors has probably helped you in the last year but i also know there was probably times where you weren't able to hike as well so probably a little bit of emotions on both sides of that so what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned i think uh the biggest one was for me to um to have control of my emotions i know 2020 was very very critical for so many people i i'm an introvert i think I'm not really need to be with a lot of people to feel happy. And for me, like somebody can just bring me with a hike. If they say, Hey, you want to hike? I was, yeah, I'm down. I think the biggest lesson for me is like, um, that I can control my emotions and I can heal myself through the outdoors. And it, it was just awesome. I, I was happy the whole year. I think I did almost a thousand miles. I did 900 and something miles last year. Um, hiking because um, I record so when I figured I was going to do thousand miles but I got lazy <laughs> I, <guess laughs> I didn't want to get up at five in the morning or four in the morning I was like um I think I will try to hit it next year but um I think that I can control my emotions and that I, that I can I, I don't know it was just I think a really, really hard year for everyone. But for me, it was actually easy. Actually, I was the happiest year of my life in some ways. And others, it was really sad because um, I have a lot of things going on. But um, the first half of the year was amazing. Amazing. I had so much fun hiking. So I will hike every day because everything was close. I will hike every day. <laughs> you found your outlet in something that you've thrived doing. What's next? What are the big plans you have for 2021? Any special hikes on the list or any big goals that you want to hit? Pico de Orizaba is a big one. It's just a big trail that I, I want to do. And 
I'm going solo, mm -hmm. and um, I'm a little bit nervous because even though I'm from Mexico, it's my country, but I've been in this country for so many years, um, more than half of my life, and going back is uh, is is great, it's great, but also I'm just nervous. I don't know really. Over here, I know how everything works, but over there, I I have done maybe a few trails, but nothing big. So this is this will be like the first solo, like solo, solo, solo in another country. So I'm kind of nervous about it. And also, I've been planning to do the one in Africa, the tallest one, Kilimanjaro, since like two years ago. But COVID and all that, it's like his, he calls me back and back. And I have a friend in there who's like, hey, we're just waiting for you. Are you coming? And I was like... Yeah, I'm just going to wait. Everything is close, and I don't really want to have the the shot yet. I don't know. So I, I really want to do a bigger trails, and I want to go to. I want to really go to see other countries because um, I really have like, haven't had the chance to go to see some something else, like travel more, but more like different countries to see other places. And I think I'm going to start with my country, which is which is Mexico. <laughs> And I will go from there. When it comes to bringing your dog along for trips, what are some of the challenges that you face? Um, challenges. I think, well, one of the things that I'm sad, um, but I'm okay with it. I wanted to do rim to rim now that I'm here, but I cannot do it because I have a dog. Okay. So I'm sad, but also I'm thinking maybe I will find, I will find a dog sitter. I don't know, because it's just rim to rim is maybe 10 hours hiking. I don't know. And I think that's, that's the only challenge. You want to do a big, big trail in some national parks and some the biggest ones. This one that I'm right now is a small. It's really small. But the one that I want to go, because I'm going to do a trail, even though I cannot do rim to rim. Um, yeah, you cannot bring the dogs in big, big trails like, like that. And I think that is the only sad part, the only challenge that you face, and that is the only thing. So how can people follow along with your treks and your adventures? How can people follow along? Well, I just have an Instagram. I don't really have anything else. That's the only thing that I, actually, when I opened my Instagram, it was more for to, like, keep um, a record of what I do. And then we start, I, I have met some really cool people there. Like, we just start chatting and, and... I, one of my friends, I met, I met him on there and we hike with some, he's a really strong hiker. And sometimes once in a while we see each other and we hike and, um, yeah, I have met some cool people there and I just, I think Instagram is the only thing that I use. Thank well, you enjoy, so much. Enjoy the rest of your trip. Enjoy Arizona and we'll talk again. Yes. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Wasn't she fantastic? I'm anxiously looking forward to seeing what's next on her list and some of the amazing locations. At the time of this episode, she has 787 trails more to go. I'll be constantly refreshing Instagram to see those beautiful locations. For more information, give her a follow on IG at 1000 Hike Challenge. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. 
From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>